truthfully, I don't know where to start with this podcast. Like, I don't know where to start because I feel like there's, I've been thinking about nothing but Taylor Swift for what, since Thursday. So Thursday through Tuesday, what is that? Five days? When did she announce? Didn't she announce on Wednesday? I thought it was Thursday because the whole thing with Folklore was like Thursday, the day before. Oh, it was the day before. I think it was the day before. I can look back on Insta. I don't remember. Well, who are we talking about, guys? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Maggie is thrilled that one, our first and second episode are. Just so everyone knows, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret's here, and she will be participating in our Taylor talk. I will, and I'm ready, willing, and able. And quick side note, um, we recorded this our episode we already recorded an episode and it'll go up next week but this was simply an emergency we had to talk about taylor's new album this is an emergency podcast recording because taylor dropped another surprise album in the span of one year it's called evermore (laughs) and it rhymed kind of with folklore but not really and so there's lots of conspiracies lots of feelings and we're going to talk about all of those and that's going to be our update on the culture maybe we'll touch on a few other things but this is definitely going to be the taylor of all taylor podcasts and then we're also at the end because this is the culture countdown everyone welcome to the culture countdown we will be ranking our top five taylor swift songs of all time okay and I know <laughs> all of you know, if you listen to our previous episode, my fe- feelings about Taylor, but I knew this was the right thing to do. And you can't deny that this was the culture. <laughs> well, actually, can you touch on your feelings on Taylor? Because you at one point did like her. You were a stan. Okay, yes. I, I don't know. You were a fan. Stan didn't even exist back then. Yeah, stan um, wasn't a term back in like 2000. I was a fan. I was basically a fan of any CD I had back then. <laughs> Just kidding, though. It was it. I was a big fan of Fearless because that's the one Taylor Swift CD that I owned, and I and I think that's a great album to this day. Mm. Um, I did. Uh, I began. I began to dislike her public persona, her goody girl, like throughout the years, and then I'm gonna be, oh, so bad a reputation. That is really when I I've started plummeting into dislike, but I'm being more open to her recently. Um, my main issue with her these days is her voice. I think she's a very talented singer and so- uh, not singer. Um, song. <laughs> uh. I think she's a very talented songwriter and lyricist, and I really like uh, <laughs> a lot of um the the uh instrumentals instrument uh, that's how you I'm don't even like say, that but, no i really do i like the instrumentals and stuff and sometimes her voice i like but um yeah that is a long explanation of my feelings towards her i'm trying i want to like her i want to fit in and i want to be like the cool kids <laughs> you like I the cool that, uh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> i knew that was coming <laughs> Wait, so you only liked Fearless? You didn't even like Speak Now? Like you kind of fell in and out with one album? Um, yeah, I, mm, I probably would have liked her. Listen, I didn't have a lot of CDs <laughs> or <laughs> iTunes gift cards, so I basically liked. <laughs> oh. I I was poor. <laughs> Cut that out. I wasn't poor. Um, I. <laughs> 
so I just had certain things that I liked and that was I didn't dislike her back then. Like I like a few songs from those albums, but I was not in I was just like not deeply into her. Yeah. I don't know sense. what I was liking in those days. What were Who does? I was liking the yeah. sound uh the Twilight soundtrack primarily. Hannah Montana. Oh my gosh. This is Hannah Montana. This is Miley Cyrus. Those are good. The those two are good. part C D. I did but... have those. One of them broke, but it actually still played. It broke in the middle, and then it <laughs> the hole was. You like, wish oh, that you could be a fly on the wall. Oh man, a little sneaky little fly on the <laughs> wall. Yes. <laughs> and then you had that one climate change song. Miley does. Everyone has a climate change song in Disney Channel. They did it together. Is mm-hmm. it um, Miley was the blueprint? No. Oh, send it on. Oh, no, yeah, that's yeah. not the Miley one though that I'm talking about. There's another one. She had one alone? Yes, she had one on one of her albums. Oh my gosh. Okay, I fact have check. No we'll have to find it later. <laughs> okay. Um, so Taylor is very nostalgic and just she is my childhood. Okay. And so I distinctly remember I lived in North Dakota at the time. And I went to Target. I had to drive 30 minutes just to go to Target where I lived. And I went and I for some reason I just knew I wanted the CD. I can't remember where I saw it. And I CD was it? Fearless. Okay. And I actually have to admit. Fearless was my in- entry to Taylor, and I never looked back. I have never listened to the entire self-titled debut Taylor Swift album, and I have no interest in doing so. Frankly, and, me neither. And Maggie Rogers has the better version of Tim McGraw, I have to say. You heard it here first. Yes. And so I love Fearless. I think, yeah, that's just everything, and it's very nostalgic to my childhood, and I convinced myself that You Belong With Me was written for me, and I just- It was Taylor her. singing to you, Kate. Yes. You belong with Taylor. I belong with her. No. And <laughs> so, yes, I love her, and I just have such like very deeply held memories every time she would come out with a new album. Like I went and bought red at target. My target in my target obsession started young guys. (laughs) And I went and bought red the day it came out and I listened to it and it was a fall day and I didn't go out and play with my friends in the neighborhood because I wanted to listen to red. And every time that song plays the at the very beginning of red, it mm-hmm. brings me right back to when I lived in Virginia and it came out. So Aww. I love Taylor and I still love Taylor. I did have kind of, I feel like it was a little bit of internalized misogyny to be quite frank <laughs> when I didn't like her. And I was like, okay, actually I have a very distinct memory coming home. I feel like this was my first major news memory and that's kind of sad because I remember, I don't remember 9-11, but I do remember <laughs> when Kanye interrupted Taylor mm-hmm. when she won Best Music Video. And I remember seeing that on the news when I came home from school when I was in like elementary school and that was like formative for me. And I loved Taylor and hated Kanye. And then as I got older, like probably early high school, I was ashamed to like Taylor. I was shamed for liking her. And everyone was like pro Kanye and hated her and said that she was just an annoying woman and she had like this terrible public persona, even though Kanye clearly has the terrible public persona. And now I'm back to loving her. I never stopped loving her, but I felt like ashamed to admit it. And now I feel like everyone's kind of calling everyone out. Like if you don't at least acknowledge the impact that Taylor's had on society and like culture and music and everything and how she's 
gone through every single genre by now, then like you're the problem, not her. And so I love her. I love her too. And that's my rant. I have a question for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Is she like your number one, your number one female artist or artist or like, or no? Is she just like nostalgic and and reliable? She is reliable. Taylor Swift is very reliable. Um, For me, and I think Maggie, I think both of you guys probably know this, but Beyonce is my favorite artist of all time. And then Taylor's number two. And they're very different. And I love them for very different reasons. But I think like when you get to that high, like I don't have two favorite artists that I like as much as Beyonce and Taylor Swift. But Beyonce doesn't hasn't done anything like this since lemonade so there's not like taylor's consistently over the past two years given us content Mm -hmm. and content within the culture as well Mm -hmm. yeah she's always starting discussions (laughs) what about you kate is is taylor your number one i would say like consistently she's she's reliable for me and oh there goes my ice machine i don't know if anyone heard that (laughs) um i would say that taylor is like consistently the one that i would like think about if i had to say like my number one female artist i would say taylor is like consistently my go-to female artist and i know that i can rely on her and i feel like she has such a vast discography that I don't know. She's just reliable, I guess. And she is my favorite. But I feel like I go through phases of liking different artists and, you know, different genres. But I know I can always find my way back home because she also wrote that Hamilton. She wrote that for the Hannah Montana. She wrote that song? Yeah, Yeah. she wrote that. Wow. And that was a great way for me to tie it all together. But yeah, I love Taylor. I must say, um, Cam hid this from me at the beginning of our friendship that he was such a big Taylor Swift fan. I didn't know that about Cam either until recently. Yeah, he really hit it. Because I didn't like her very much. And um, he's like, yeah, she's okay. <laughs> and now. And then secretly he loves 1989. And it's like his yeah. album. <laughs> I can explain. Okay, I'll explain myself. So I wasn't a huge Taylor fan beyond, I think, like just her big singles up until the first song I remember buying on iTunes that was a Taylor Swift song was mine, which is the lead single off of speak now her third album. And that was, I remember the moment where I decided I liked Taylor Swift. Like it wasn't like, I liked this song. I like the artist that is Taylor Swift. And so I didn't give much attention to like the album speak now, but as soon as red came out, it was high school. And I felt like that was the first time where it was cool to like be into an album or like be into music or anything like that. And so I did the same thing. I owned the physical copy of Red that I bought at Target. Yes, Kate, we love mm-hmm. the Target. With Target. Target well, CD, Taylor Swift CDs. She would yeah. release her albums at Target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I loved Red. I saw Red on tour um, and with three of my friends. It was my freshman year of high school. It was so exciting. It was at Ford Field in Detroit and It was like the first big arena concert that I'd been to. I was so excited. Ed Sheeran opened for her. That was really when I was into Ed Sheeran. Oh boy. And then, (laughs) and then junior year of high school, 1989 came out. And I think that was the moment where I fully embraced my love for pop music. And 1989 is just probably, I don't think it's the greatest album of all time. I don't, I just think it's my favorite album of all time because of 
kind of how it's shaped my music taste moving forward. It really like was reached me at this point where I was really into New York and I really wanted to go to New York. And I think that did have some sway of me like going to college in New York for a year, eventually moving to New York in a couple of months, like 1989 was just so important to me. I remember going to Target as well with my friend who just had her, got her license. I saw her in tour that on tour then. And then Reputation came out and I fully jumped off the bandwagon. Like I mm, hated yes. Reputation. Yes. Yeah, that must have been what your disdain was for her at the time I met you because you were still reeling from that. I feel like everyone had kind of. Yeah, you either fully embraced Reputation or you didn't. But I just feel like for me, 1989 was this like gold standard album. And then the at least the two lead singles off of Reputation, Look What You Made Me Do and Ready For It, are just like a complete 180 from the pop stuff that she was doing. And I was like, I hate this and I also was going to college like I don't think it's really cool for like a freshman in college to be like super into Taylor Swift like that's kind of thought of as nerdy and I just was not into reputation at all and then after reputation came and went lover came out I was like me is horrific and then I was working that was the summer I was interning at MTV and any new music release was just a big deal because of like where what we did for work and so we'd always like listen and watch the music videos and me was really bad but then you need to calm down was a little bit better and then lover was a whole lot better and the archer was just like it just kept getting better and better and then I fully jumped back into the bandwagon after watching Miss Americana which I rewatched tonight the Netflix documentary Yes. And um, I revisited all of her albums and I still really don't care too much for the debut other than Picture to Burn, which is a bop. But um, yeah, I just think I fully have come to this point where I can embrace my love for things that I once was ashamed to not like. And I think I can also embrace that I don't like a certain era of Taylor Swift and I still don't really like Reputation, but I, I still love her as an artist and she has had a profound impact on my life. I must add something. I lied earlier saying that I only had one of her albums. One year, actually, my grandmother gave me the her little Christmas EP. Oh, the Christmas album. But it, what, I think she did two Christmas things. Like, mine was just like four or five songs. Yeah, she She's did. She's done a single. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we cannot forget her Jesus song. Yes, we did a Jesus Happy birthday to the birthday boy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> there were some bops on there. But then she also yes, has her I, single I, Christmas Tree Farm that came out last year. Maybe that's what you're yeah, thinking about. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that one. but Neither um, am I, really. <laughs> I kind of like it. Is it Other in my heart? Is a Christmas tree farm and a Christmas yep. tree farm? <laughs> I heard that at Target. Shockingly, Target. Of customers. course. And actually, the topic of this podcast is Target, not Taylor Swift. <laughs> We've completely changed directions. Um, but, okay. So, have we noticed that when Taylor releases an album or is releasing an album, the single is n- not entirely a representative of what the album is going to be? Yes. He's kind of known for doing that. Like, me wasn't really reflective of Lover. And mm-hmm. look what me, you made me do. Well, I think was the same, like, vibe of Reputation. Like, it wasn't the strongest song. It wasn't, like, the catchy single that we wanted it to be. And that's why people said that they think Lover would have done better had she made Cruel Summer the single. I think it would have done so much better. Oh, my God. Right. I so remember she, everyone being so turned off by those 
those music videos that she put out and stuff. Like, hey, yeah, kids, and spelling is fun. That, that one, one, yeah, that one was like, oh god. Miss Americana is like trying to do recon to make me like a song that people like because a big portion of Miss Americana is her like coming up with the idea for me and like Brendan Yuri coming in. And I think it's really just like propaganda for her trying to get people to like me and just no one does. But do you, Kate, was this saying that you don't think Willow is indicative, indicative of Evermore, which is, you know, her album that she just released? Okay, so I would say that I think that has kind of stopped since Folklore and Evermore just because they were surprise drops and she didn't really tease it out the way she does with her other yeah. stuff. Because like, I did, she didn't release Willow before she released no. Evermore. No. And same right, with I'm just saying like when she teases, yeah. So it right. can't, like, if she doesn't do it beforehand, it can't really like taint the album for anyone. Mm-hmm. Like the, other, right. the others did. But she just... She leads us astray with her singles historically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is everyone's like overall thoughts? We've all listened to Evermore, even Maggie. We've all given it some thought. It's, it's marinated for a few days. What are our overall thoughts just about the album? I have a question for okay. you guys. So Taylor, Taylor referred to Evermore as Folklore's sister album. Do you guys think of them as like sister albums? Like the songs are kind of interchangeable, the same vibe, that kind of thing? I honestly liked this one more and I mean I guess they are interchangeable I felt a little bit I felt like she was going even more acoustic on this one like more maybe not I don't know I don't know yeah I didn't listen to folklore a lot but I've already listened I would say I've already listened to a lot of the songs on this one more than I've listened to any of folklore I've thought about this mm-hmm. so much. Like, uh, I it's been Taylor Swift has been in my brain for so much. Oh my gosh! And I've read a lot of. I had a dream about Taylor Swift oh last night. Oh my god! Uh, and I've read a lot of album and reviews. And Shapiro was oh there too. Oh my god! It was, it was horrendous. <laughs> it's terrifying. But um, I see them as sonically sister albums like i can listen to those two and they are the two albums i think that stand out of her entire discography as sounding similar but i think that folklore sounds like a thought out put together we're gonna make this an album and evermore sounds like a collection of songs what whether they're great songs or not it doesn't matter they just don't sound like they're a cohesive album and i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing i think folklore was just a She's even said it like folklore was the original plan and evermore just came to be. Right. I think it's very evident too when you listen to it. Not very, because I think they're both really well done albums, but it does seem like folklore has a lot more thought and was put together with more care. And it just seems like it was produced at a higher quality. Maybe they took a longer time on it because I think evermore is good, but a lot of it, I just, I think the acoustics are kind of boring. Like they could have done more for it. Um, I think lyrically it's a really, really good album, but I don't love the acoustics as much as I do for folklore. And it does, it does seem like a lot. It seems very similar. Um, like almost you could match each song to another song on the two between the two albums mm-hmm. that they like sound similarly, but I, I do, I prefer folklore so far, but if you gave me like another week to listen mm-hmm. to evermore, I would have much more solid. Opinions. I read a review that was saying I, this also needs to be fact-checked, but I'm pretty sure that Jack Antonoff helped produce all of folklore and he only produced one song off of evermore. He wrote two and produced one off of evermore. I know that. 
for sure. I think that's noticeable. And I think that, and I was reading a review about how Aaron Desner, he produced all of Folklore and all of Evermore. He is um, in the band, The National. How he, his style is just let, like, let's Taylor kind of just keep going for longer. And like, you can, it's just evident on a lot of the songs where sh- it doesn't feel like it needs to be as long as it is. And I feel like Folklore, everything is just very tidy and neat and everything is precise like every point was laid out exactly where it was supposed to be because like they were just being a perfectionist about that album right i think if you listen to the nationals albums too that's also really clear because that's their stuff is very drawn out and darker and more um stripped down instrumentally and more focused on lyricism and i think that that's more of an evermore thing than it is a folklore thing and i it definitely needs a little bit more of a jack antonoff touch yeah maybe he's he couldn't do it because he's working on lord's album let's, let's hope and pray mm-hmm. we need a third studio album from miss lord True. and maybe they'll fall in love <laughs> and i gotta say the weird thing is i like I really like Jack Antonoff and Lord collaborating, but I haven't really loved a lot of the stuff Jack Antonoff and Taylor. You know what? Maybe that just has to do with me loving Lord and being kind of. They have different styles. I mean, I think Jack Antonoff has a style, but I think he is malleable to Lord and to Taylor Swift, knowing that they're completely different artists. I just, right. I think you just prefer Lord's music to Taylor's. Yeah, <laughs> if you listen to Supercut and The um, Archer, they sound very similar. You like there are. There's also super good uh, by Lord. I should say. There's a song on Evermore that sounds. There's a part in Evermore that sounds just like, um, what is it? Loveless. What's oh, that one song? Um, on hard feelings, Melodrama? loveless. Is that it? Hard feelings, loveless, and it's very similar. And I was trying to think of which one it was, but I don't know if that's the one that he worked on or not that Jack worked on on Evermore. I'll have to listen yeah. to her again. Um, I got to say, I think one of the things that is like getting me into these albums a little bit more than her most, her other recent albums is the Bony Bear factor. Yeah. I'm very big fan of him. And I think that, I think he really elevates her stuff to a different level. And I think, I think they have a good, like the songs that he's in, like singing, I think they have a really cool contrast of voices mm-hmm. and i think he compliments her style well because it's a very different kind yeah. of style that he has and i think it works well together and i really like the stuff that they have done yeah together. taylor doesn't do a lot of collabs i think she's kind of like famous where she picks like either a collab per album or she doesn't do any collabs and i feel like they're generally not very good like i don't think of any of her collabs as standing out other than i like her ed cheering club everything has changed but I think that her collabs with Bon Iver are her best. Both of them are better than anything she's ever done as far as collabs go. And didn't they write, they wrote um, Exile Together. Yeah, and he's like featured in the background of certain songs off of Evermore. You definitely can hear mm-hmm. more of a Bon Iver influence yeah. on several songs on Evermore. Yeah, definitely. Right. I'm um, happy to hear that. So something, I guess maybe just because I'm on TikTok more these days, but something that I don't particularly care for or like put any credence in is the conspiracy theories that people have surrounding (laughs) 
Evermore and Folklore and then a brother song, Woodvale, and like all of this <laughs> stuff where they're putting it all together. And Marjorie is actually this little girl that died in Pennsylvania and her sister's name is Dorothea and like all this stuff. And I just like to enjoy Taylor Swift for Taylor Swift. Like her lyricism is great independent of these stories and the mm-hmm. things that connect them and i only really listen to if she explicitly says this is the love triangle this is from this point of view and i'm just like think it's kind of a waste of time for people to still be going on about woodvale even mm-hmm. though she's already like said that it's not yeah. true i don't know if you guys saw that interview yeah i feel like it's a i feel like her fans are very much heavy conspiracy theorists like her super fans feel like they're always doing that stuff right i think that taylor is like the most one of the most brilliant lyricists of our generation and i think she does a really good job weaving everything together and just her word choice and everything is just on another level but the things that they the these conspiracy theorists and like huge Taylor Swift fans are saying that she's doing is like, I don't think she thinks that much into it. I think that these people are thinking more about it than she herself is. Like someone said that tis the damn season is about the guy from our song because she says babe in both of the songs. And actually it ties back to her first album and she's planned this all along and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, just enjoy the music. (laughs) Leave me alone. I don't want like my entire for you page has been Taylor Swift conspiracies, which is probably my own. Uh, Mine too. Um, to go off of what you were just saying, Kate, I have been seeing a lot of the Taylor Swift conspiracies as well. I think what has happened, especially with the last three albums, she she loves her little Easter eggs. Like we all know she loves the mm-hmm. Easter eggs. But I think that she has a set of like, I don't know, five to 10 Easter eggs that she'll throw out a music video or a picture or a caption. And then since she's just done that a few times, like, people just run to the extremes with them. And the most, the mm-hmm. biggest extreme I think that we've seen of Taylor Swift conspiracy theorists of her entire career is that she's hiding a third album, which to ex- quickly explain the conspiracy theory um, on one of the folklore album photos from the physical album, there was a little word hidden in the picture and it said Woodvale. And people thought that that was going to be a third album of the trilogy. And Taylor had come out last night on Jimmy Kimmel on Monday night and said that that was just the code name that they were using for folklore. So the name wouldn't get leaked and they just forgot to take it off of the photo, which honestly a little weird explanation. I buy the explanation that it's a fake name, but like, I don't understand why it's in that random ass corner. They didn't forget Uh to take it off. They wanted to like, I bet they wanted people to speculate. Yeah, I could see that. It's not on the main cover. I have to say, I think it's on like in the booklet or something like that. But I've seen so many insane conspiracy theories. And I do think this album ties back to a lot of what she's done in the past. I think she's drawing inspiration on stuff from her past. She's pulling like from her past relationships. And I do like just that Taylor gives, makes music that people can just like we can talk about it for an hour podcast people can make a thousand million tiktoks about it but i think that it it has been taken to the extreme on this album that it was not this info like it was not like this with folklore or lover or anything before she's probably panicking now she's like shoot i should have done that (laughs) but people are taking it to the extremes where they're like in this commercial that references her but she's not specifically in like there's a spotify commercial that talked about folklore Uh, 
there are seven books and every seventh book is turned around backwards. So that means that the album is going to be released July 7th. And that's exactly this many days from when folklore was released and blah, blah, blah. And then they're circled this date on the calendar. (laughs) And then they're like, it's just ridiculous. ridiculous. And I do have an appreciation for the Taylor cinematic universe. I think she does a lot of cool things, but I think she's always consistently said Here's the Easter egg. You guys found it at the end and people are taking it too far. And I just want to focus on the music. Yeah, I I have to say, I love Taylor. I was very concerned about, like there were some reports of like, people thought she was retiring. Like she needs to get to 13 albums because 13 is her favorite number. Oh my gosh, I told you that. I was panicking. But I would love to see her venture into like, I told was telling Maggie about this and she kind of rolled her eyes, but I want a Taylor TV show where they take the characters from her songs and put them into a TV show. I think it'd be so fun. Kate oh doesn't boy. like the idea either. Taylor, <laughs> well, Taylor you want I will produce John it. John Mayer and Jake Gyllenhaal? No, I'm meaning like Betty Are you talking about those and... characters or like Marjorie? Yeah, like... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Does anybody anybody watch Veep? Because every time I hear the song Marjorie, I think of the lesbian secret service agent from Veep named Marjorie. And I oh, just yeah. can't unhear it. I know who it. you're talking about because I've seen <laughs> that show, but I don't I didn't know her name was Marjorie until you told me. Her name is Marjorie. She marries yeah. Catherine. She oh, yes. marries Selena Meyer's daughter. I remember Marjorie. I do remember her. Marjorie. Claya Duval. Yeah. Oh, happiest, happiest season. Wow. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so we've been talking so much about Evermore. We should talk about our favorite songs and our least favorite songs from that album because that seems something logical to tell people. Wait, what are we talking? Oh, are- from Evermore. Yeah, I think we should just like I. I mean, Kate and I had talked about this previously. If we were going to include Evermore in our top five, and I think for both of us, it's just a little bit too early. So I don't know about you, Maggie, but I think we should just talk about our favorite songs from I mean- Evermore. Okay, I'll start with my least favorites. Um, so this is contentious, but I do not like nobody, no crime. That is contentious. I have okay. to disagree. I I love Haim and I love Taylor, but I think I just I don't like the vibe of it. I've heard far too many songs this exact same scenario. Um, let's see, Gunpowder and Lead by Miranda Lambert. Um like what's the one by Two Black Cadillacs by what's her name Carrie There's Underwood one by the chicks. and yeah, Goodbye Earl by the Chicks and what's that one there was like oh Daddy Lessons by Beyonce like it's all kind of the same vibe it's too country for me and if you two country at the very says beginning the one of Nobody, that no listed crime, off all of the country songs that I've never heard <laughs> <laughs> well it's just like a common trope in country music and it just didn't seem unique to me and I wanted Haim to sing more mm. of their classic stuff it just I don't know it seemed out of pocket for this album I, and I enjoyed I, how it was kind of like a throwback to her oh, I, I gotta enjoy I gotta it. stick I like with Maggie theme. that is one of my favorite not my favorite but it is in mm. like the top third of the album for me and also the very beginning I don't know which time sister is singing at the very beginning of that song but it sounds just like Ed Sheeran it sounds just like Ed Sheeran and I can't unhear it I can't mm. everyone will go click the beginning of that song and try and think picture that Ed Sheeran is singing the beginning of that song and you'll you won't be able to unhear it so I don't like that song um I don't like Dorothea I I skip it every time I have to skip that song. It sounds like every basic indie song. It's like her least lyrically unique song. It seems very lazy to me. And it sounds like so many indie songs like, 
I don't know. It reminds me of like Hey There Delilah or Sedona by Houndmouth. Like, hey, Dorothy, we all want to be. I'm just, I don't know. I think she should have tried a little harder on that one. So those are my two least favorites on the album. Um, For me, I am not a big fan of Dorothea. I do like it more than you do. I don't like Coney Island simply because I just don't think Taylor and the singer, the lead singer from the Nationals voices go together. I feel like he just comes in weirdly at the end. The weird, the, I just don't understand really like the like the importance of actually like the location of Coney Island. Just weird to me. And then Cowboy Like Me has fun lyrics. I think they're actually like not fun. They're just great lyrics, but I don't like how it sounds. Those are the two that I don't care for. Right. Mm-hmm. What I do like about Coney Island, however, is that she goes through all of like the reasons why her past relationships ended. Mm-hmm. Like you can point out each relationship I saw that ending TikTok. for like certain <laughs> reasons. And it's, I think that's really cool. Like that's really unique, especially because Joe wrote it with her. That's a healthy Ooh, relationship. Joe Alwyn, her no, current boyfriend. Joe Alwyn, William Bowery. No. Okay. Okay, um, Maggie, what are your, do you not have like least favorites? I have least favorites. Yes. Um. Firstly is um, Tis the Damn Season. I, was immediately turned off by the name. It's very Taylor Swifty, like like tis damn seas. Like I just think it's cheesy. Um, and I and then I didn't really like the song after I heard the name. Um, not just because of the name, I just didn't really like the song. Um, and then that's the one that stands out the most to me. But a weird thing happened to me when I was listening to Marjorie. I really didn't like it in the beginning, but then I was like. Like halfway through, I decided I did. <laughs> <laughs> Something turned me off in the beginning of it, but then it got kind of pretty, I think. Wait, uh, how does it start? It just, it kind of starts Can the I, same way that it, like all the verses are kind of the same. It just repeats a lot. Oh, I liked, oh, I know. I like, you know, what died and stayed. Yeah. Yeah. And then the harmonies come in with it. That's when I was like, oh, that's yeah. pretty. Yes. I thought when the harmonies came in the, in the chorus. Kate, do you want to share your favorites? Oh my gosh. Okay. It's too early to say my clear, my like my solidified favorites, but I do love Champagne Problems. I don't love the title. I'll say that much. Champagne Problems. Yeah. She's a little bit basic when it comes to her alcohol, but I do like Champagne Problems. <laughs> She's so you basic. You know, like rose flowing and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Even though we do love that lyric, Rose, come on, Taylor. But I think <laughs> that song is really pretty. I think it has a great meaning. Um, let's see. The bridge is so strong as always. Yeah, um, that song doesn't really get like it. I don't love the whole build up to the bridge, but the bridge really like makes the song for me. Exactly. Exactly. I feel the same way. So I love that one. I mean, I truly love most of them on this album. I love um gold rush i think it has a really great cadence i would i feel the same way about long story short just because this album is so slow and i don't know it's just very slow at points Mm -hmm. that i think long story short is a nice break where it's quick and i think it's really catchy and i like that one yeah um and obviously lyrics and evermore are great ivy i mean i I could go on yeah i just love it all i have a top except the two words that i hated yeah (laughs) i have a top three and i can't really see any of these like i can't see myself start to dislike them but um as of right now my number one is ivy i just remember hearing it for the first time and when those harmonies which the bony vera sings the harmonies throughout that song came in i was like this is like 
top Taylor Swift. Like, it's so pretty. Um, and then he texted me, listen to Ivy when you yeah, wake up. Yeah, because she was sleeping. <laughs> um, uh, my second favorite is uh, Long Story Short, just because it feels like it gives me something from pop Taylor Swift that I'm like, I love this Taylor yes. Swift, but I crave pop Taylor Swift, and it just yes. gives me something. And then um, I have to say Marjorie. I it is really it really makes me feel a little bit emotional i think like the whole um theme of like wanting something from someone but they like came or left your life before you could get that from them like that just really got me and i just think it's mm. a pretty song and i think it's a cool dedication i think it's a lot better than epiphany for her grandpa she really like yeah. knocked this one out of the park sorry grandpa swift marjorie is going to win this round <laughs> I forgot. I do love Ivy. Ivy's great. Oh my gosh. The Ooh, so speaking of Ivy, that is one of my favorites too. Yeah. We're in agreement. I mean, I'll just repeat myself and say that the Bony Bear ones really are really my favorite. I love Evermore, the titular song. I really like that oh, one yeah. too. Um, that one's probably my favorite on the album. And I actually really like Coney Island. I just wish it didn't say Coney Island. Why couldn't they say Staten Island? I think his voice is kind of weird, but in a way that I like. And then I also really like Willow. Mm, I think she came mm -hmm. out strong. She started really strong. And if the first song wasn't so good, I maybe wouldn't have been wanting to listen to the rest of them. But I like the first song. I just really like the the guitar in the beginning. I think it's really good. And it kind of reminded me of like Fleet Foxes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's like that moody like folky kind of guitar that i really yeah like. very folky i was just gonna say that i think it's funny folklore called folklore when this one even seems more folky immediately <laughs> <laughs> and she actually maggie said, always comes up with a joke of the yes, podcast yes. <laughs> cut that out Cut it out. <laughs> um, and she even says the word folklore in the album evermore it's a nice reference yes, back does. to the sister album <laughs> Wait, so guys, choose. If you had to choose to only have Evermore or Folklore, which one? I choose Evermore just because I've already put more time into it and I just like it more. I, I tried to like Folklore. Maybe I didn't try that hard, but I like this one more. Um, I'm choosing Folklore, not because I don't think Evermore is a great album. I think this is just one reason but i think the song peace is going to be a very important song for me for the next 40 to 50 years of my life so i (laughs) your wedding song (laughs) no it's a really sad song but i just think that um i have more of an emotional attachment at this point to folklore yeah i would say i can't say for sure but i definitely as it stands now say folklore there's less skips on it i think I connect more to the lyrics and understand more of folklore than I do evermore. But you know, it's up for it's up for debate. We'll see. Because I grow attached to Taylor as I go on and on and listen more to the lyrics and think about it. Um, but I really do. Both albums are great, and they truly are sister albums, if you ask me. I think they're sisters. They're great sisters. I love them. Except folklore is a better name. Gotta say it. Hmm. I think they're both kind of. I think, yeah, I think Folklore's better. Evermore reminded me of Evanescence. Do you guys think that she's going to make a return to pop music? Yes. Are you sure? Because she wrote this whole thing about how she finally felt at peace making this kind of music, and that's why they kept making more of it. I don't know if it will be any time. Oh, sorry. I don't know if she. It will be anytime soon, but it will happen at some point. And then one day she's going to go full country again, like 
the days she's gonna go before she dies. Chicks again. I, this could be a public persona thing too, but I have always seen Taylor as someone that really likes touring. And I think she like really revels in these like immense tours that she puts together. Like there are spectacles. Like if you've seen Taylor, so if like you just know that she really puts a lot of care into her shows. Turn and smile, and- iconic. Oh yeah. I think these tours could be cool for these albums though. Like Yeah, but you just can't maybe- fill an arena the way or you can't f- do the same show that she wants to for an album like Folklore or Evermore. I definitely mm, think I like they'd be cool toured albums. Well, you haven't seen her in concert. I know, but I've seen those kind of artists in concert like that lean more folky and I think you can still put on I think you can do things with that those songs that make them very different in concert than they are on the albums and it makes for a really exciting show right. i would I say i think she would boost the instrumentals a lot yeah that's what like i was thinking Mumford like and band. sons do yeah. like i think alt j i think she would perform similarly to that if she was to mm-hmm. stick to this but you know i don't want to put taylor in a box i hope she does do pop but if she's comfortable doing this do you think she's going to go back to pop um I feel like she, I'm very scared that she won't. I'm scared that she won't. I think, I think she that will. she's gonna like mostly do stuff like this, but maybe like pepper in more long story short type music. But I don't know if she's ever gonna do these like huge pop things like 1989 again. I hate to say it, but you know Taylor is just notoriously unpredictable. But the fact that she came out and said that she feels most comfortable doing this kind of music and finally feels like at home doing this kind of music, it feels most natural to her and it definitely fits her voice better. We'll see. Maybe she'll just do more lyrics like this, but bump up the folk music instrumentals of it like Mumford and Sons, like I said. Mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah. Mumford and Sons is what I'm like deciding to go mm-hmm. with, but I just think like instrumentally, maybe she'll incorporate more stuff like she did with her song Mean. I don't know. Speaking of um, Mumford and Sons, isn't he on something on Evermore? Mumford? I heard that he was. Yeah. Oh, I think I, I feel like too. I heard that too, but I don't know if that's just Mandela effect. Maybe we just had a the same dream. I'm gonna Google it. She wasn't in my. He wasn't in my dream with her and Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mumford and Sons, Evermore. Yeah. Marcus Mumford. Oh, the titular Mumford. The son. I can't say that I ever knew there was actually a Mumford. Is he Mumford or is he one of the sons? He sings he <laughs> sings backing vocals in Cowboy Like Me. Oh, of course he does. Oh my gosh. So that's that. I will wait. I will wait. You're a cowboy like me. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Don't cut Can that talk out. About two other pieces of culture on, before we dive into our countdown. Sure. Uh, is it Mariachi? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we could talk about that. One is um these are just really for me. But um or I mean all of us, but I want to talk about them. Um I mean this is definitely not just for me because you guys will, oh, no, no. okay, never mind. Um <laughs> Maggie Rogers is coming out with an album at the end of the oh week. Oh my gosh, she yes. is. And I'm so excited. It's stuff that she's written from the beginning of her career to now, like since it was like and sixteen it, or fifteen or something, right? And the samples sound so good. I have to say I haven't listened to any of them. I'm gonna be surprised. Oh. They're very like stripped back and stuff. They just sound good. And the other thing I wanted to say, or do you have anything else to comment on that? Um, I'm no, I'm very excited. 
I am very excited for all this new music. I am just worried because I love heard it in a past life so much. It's really hard. Like I always get a little nervous when and like I'm nervous for Casey's next album. Right. I'm worried for like I was worried yeah. for like anything following folklore, you know. Yeah, I was really worried about folklore or evermore being rushed because folklore was so good. Like I was nervous for that to come out and I feel the same way about Maggie cuz I think that Heard It in a Past Life is like the perfect album. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if I'm going to like her more like stripped down banjo stuff that seems to be more reticent of her like young really self. pretty. I just don't know if that's my style. I, right. Do you like Brandy Carlisle? Is she the joke? She thinks. Jokes. Yeah, I, I like her, joke, but that is also one. a little too banjo heavy. Yeah, it, her her samples that she put out were a little bit reminiscent of right. that, but still has that Maggie flair. Okay, well, I'll keep an open mind and listen. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited too. And I don't think we need to worry too much about this one being like bad or anything because it's not like it's not a full fledged. She went album. in the studio and made this just now. She could yeah. be in the studio making a new album like right now and release it soon. After. Maybe with Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> I hope so. Speaking of that, there is a Phoebe Bridgers um um Kid Cudi collab that I really loved. I haven't listened to that yet. You told me about it, and I just I can't. It's Kid Cudi. I know. You know like I wish Kid I could Cudi? cut this song out. I wish I could just cut him out and just keep feeding. Why? Cut it out. I listened to it with you, Maggie. I don't like Kid Cudi. Kid His voice sounds out. bad. <laughs> it sounds bad, like Taylor Swift's voice. <gasps> just kidding. She's good. And um, uh, Casey Muskers has a new song with Troy Sivan. Troy, I really like that one. I haven't listened to it yet. It's fun. It's so it's good. Very, like, the music video is fun too. I've been. It's just a. It's just a Troy song that they like remixed and put Casey oh, on. Oh, and she plays yeah. a hooker, right? Yeah, it's, the song's called Easy, and he has like an actual version of it from a past album that was just him. Oh, interesting. I, that. I never yeah. knew that. What was the second thing you're going to say, Maggie? It was just that I like that Phoebe Bridgers song. <laughs> what Phoebe Bridgers? Oh, the Kid Cudi one. The Kid That's Cuddy. such a random combination. I know, and I was like, but I like that it's random. They have a cool. That is like cool. um, what's his name? Pretty song. Uh, Miguel remixed waves with a bunch waves. of people, Kate. and he has oh, one with that. Casey Musgraves, and one with Tame and Paula, and both are really, really good. They're so it's, good. Both That's of those things song. are really weird combinations of people, and they're both amazing. So maybe I will listen to Kid Cudi now that I've thought about. Yeah. Now that we're done with, um, all of our culture catch up. It was a long culture catch up today. Oh, but, but you little mixed so ladies important. leaving. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesse from Little Mix is leaving, and she is famous for, <laughs> of course, that, <laughs> that one interview where she's supposed to do a Jamaican accent, and she has a slight slip of the mouth. She goes, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. we have to cut out a few times of me doing that. <laughs> so, um, we wish Little Mix all of the best. Um, I've heard a lot of, more of their songs recently because and now they're renaming themselves. They're going to be Littler Mix. <laughs> there was one... <laughs> <laughs> Littlest Mix. Cam, do you remember that one night when I um did a deep dive on Little Mix? I scanned yes. them for one night. I watched a bunch of videos of them for no reason at all, and um, there's no, one like night girls. when they were my favorite girl band, <laughs> and now they're not. And now I think they're just boring and British. I only hear their songs because um, Peloton instructors are obsessed with. Do they Mike. sing this one? 
These wings are made yeah. to. What's the one oh song God, that they hate to Black magic. Take a sip of my secret potion. I'm gonna make you fall in love. Oh my gosh. And they sing. We don't want to go to work. Well, no, that is literally the harmony. Oh, they're all the same to me. Oh my gosh. Wait, maybe th- since so many people have left Little Mix and Fifth Harmony, they should be Little Harmony. Little Harmony. So, um, top five time? Top five time. Kate and I were talking about this. This was really hard for us because we wanted to create like diverse representative list because representation's important yeah especially representation of all the albums we love all of the different types of taylor songs we love so i'm just gonna go with i have created like a pretty extensive list of all of rankings of taylor swift songs and i'm just going off of my top five from that ranking and well actually he's ranked every single taylor swift song except for evermore she released evermore and it screwed me uh, screwed up my my rankings so my number five is Lover from the album Lover. Um, really? Yes. <laughs> this was, I think, the, when I heard this, this was my like first step in back into the Taylor Swift fandom. Um, the music video is great as well. And I think it just calls back to so many of her previous eras. It calls back to Fearless. It calls back to Red. It just feels like the, f- it feels like the first like thoughtful song that she had done in a while. And it's really pretty. And I can predict a lot of first dances to this song. Oh, yes. Good music video, too. Yeah. Uh, Kate, what's your number five? Okay. My number five, I'm pretty sure it's on your guys' list, I would guess. My number five is Dear John. And we can all guess who this is about. John John Mayer. Yeah, it's John Mayer. obviously oh my gosh that song it is just she is a powerhouse in this song it is phenomenal and she uses his own type of guitar riffs against him in this song it's incredible and it's just it's an incredible piece of art (laughs) i love this song it's everything and Oh my gosh. She calls him out for the age gap and the way that he treated her and took advantage of her knowing how much younger she was and more innocent, how much more innocent she was than him. And oh my gosh, it made him look so bad in the most intelligent and talented way. And I do love John Mayer's music, but this song is on another level. I think everyone always talks about this song being really like angry and it's really seething and i just see this song as super like hurt and vulnerable i just oh my god this song just hits you like a ton of bricks because she puts everything that she can into the song i feel like after her singing this song like she would just drop to the floor because she'd put so much into it and it's a hard song for her to sing like i don't necessarily want to sing it see her sing it live but i it's just such a great song hit the notes it's just a lot of high notes, and they're a lot. It's a lot, just up and down, oh. doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. Especially and that Taylor bridge. is known. Taylor is known in her lyrics for switching like one word for the last chorus, and so she does it in this one too. And it's so powerful. She goes, "Don't you think I was too young?" And then she switches it to, "Don't you think 19's too young?" And mm-hmm. I just love it. I love when she does that kind of stuff, and she does it in a song. I think she does that in White Horse. I think she, she does, does it in a lot, songs, a lot of her breakup songs. Yeah, this was yeah. definitely of the era. Like if you listen to Speak Now, there's so many 
five minute plus songs on speak now and this is one of them and in my opinion it's her best ballad off of speak now i love right. it well no you're okay maggie your turn <laughs> it's my turn yep number, yep, five. number five okay um i just thought of one i might want to switch but um so my number five is actually tim mcgraw i'm gonna be honest I have not listened to the Taylor Swift version that many times, but I love the Maggie Rogers version, and I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm putting it on here. It's a Taylor Swift song. Okay. But the Maggie Rogers version on Taylor Swift's list? But I think it's a great song. Yeah, but Maggie really put the spin on it. Yeah, I, have, I don't know if you listen to Taylor's version that you would still think that. Like, I really don't think okay, you well, would. Okay, well, then I'm changing it. Okay. Okay. My number five. Let me look at my list again. Keep that because in I, I feel that same I way. want people to know. Um, I feel the same way because I don't really like the way Taylor's Tim McGraw version sounds, but I love the way Maggie sings it. Uh, oh my I, god! I, I want the re-record of Tim McGraw to be the Maggie version, and she won't. I'm with sure Maggie singing Maggie backup vocals. Really yeah. Be so yes. Cool. Well. My number five now is White Horse. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good one. You know, I got to pick a few from my favorite album, Fearless. Um, that one, my, I remember my dad really liked that one. I feel like that's just her demonstrating her really good lyrics. And it's just pretty. It's really pretty. And they do. Let me try to remember the the thing she does when she switches up one word. She's like, um. Oh, it's the it's too late for you and your white horse. And then the last time she changes something about it, it's too late for you and your white horse. And she just says it again. Oh yeah, she to catch me now instead of to come around. And then she says to catch. Yeah, me now. that's what you know. Oh oh, try catch me now. Yeah, that one's really yes. good. And the music video is good at, too. at the beginning, she's sad, and then at the end, she's like. I'm leaving, going to Hollywood. <laughs> she probably goes to New York, and that's when she writes "Welcome to New York." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, that is my number five. Um, uh, last minute change, but a great one. Yeah. Um. So my number four, I have to have I have to have 1989 representation on my list more than once because it, as I have previously said, it's my favorite album probably of all time, definitely of hers. And so I'm going with Wildest Dreams as my number four. Wildest Dreams, I remember hearing it the first time and I was like, what is this Lana Del Rey song? Mm. And it definitely, it definitely draws from Lana Del Rey type of music of that era. I haven't listened to any of her most recent stuff, but I just think that Taylor, what she does best for me is she puts you in a place especially after seeing that music video like i immediately am taken mm. to that place i think this africa? is africa this is a hot take but this that is taylor swift's best music video is wildest dreams i honestly might agree with you it's so and good who plays is it scott eastwood i think it oh yes yes it's yeah. clint eastwood's is that his grandson son son his son oh yeah his young oh, son that old guy has a young son but I that just, is a great music video. It's a great music video. I think it's a great point off of a great album. I think it's you and I can see like she has taken inspiration from that moving forward. Like I think Cardigan sounds like Wildest Dreams. I think Willow like there are songs that I see inspiration from Wildest Dreams. And that was like her first step into that arena. I love it. I think it's so good. And I love I love in that song. I love when she does this when she slows down 
And then it goes really strong. She goes, even if it's just pretend. And then it pauses. Uh, and it's just, yes. Say it. yeah. oh, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> it's so powerful. Oh. So that's your number four? Yeah. Okay. Kate, number four. Okay. Number four. Oh, number four is my first on folklore. August. Oh, okay. okay. So I I decide I was deciding whether or not to put this one at, at this ranking or like to put on the list at all because it is my top ten, but I wasn't sure if it's was gonna be my top five. But I do love this song, and I just love what her voice does. It's like high and low. It's like, oh my gosh, that song's so good, and I love that it's part of the love triangle, and it's just like. I feel like the position that you don't want to be in, but you still feel so emotionally connected in that mm-hmm. song. It's like, you don't want to be the girl in August, but you are the girl in August. And so you're just screaming it. And that's one of the few songs on that album that you can really scream. Yes. August for me, I love that song. I think it is like, it is a high point off of folklore. I think that I'm really going to love that song when it comes to summer again. And like, if I'm ever on a beach, mm-hmm. like I just think like that song takes me to an East coast beach in the summer in August and I it was born in August so I have an affinity for that song um oh yeah well I love I also prefer the long pond version of the song I think interesting I haven't really enjoyed them enough I enjoy um the guitar you know how Jack Antonoff Antonoff (laughs) is just hamming on the guitar and I like how she goes, uh, and she goes, uh, and she goes so high, and it sounds like a guitar, and I love it, and it's iconic. Um, so yeah, that song's really good, and I do love the live version or quote unquote live version, the studio, yeah. Maggie, number four. Um, well, this might be a little t- uh, rash, <laughs> but I'm my number four to Evermore, okay. I really like it. I wow, Maggie, have you listened enough, to, or have you listened a lot to Exile? No. Okay, that is the that is the first Bon Iver collab. In my opinion, it's better than Evermore. But I'm not I'm not negating you loving Evermore because I do love that song. Hating me. I like the lyrics of Evermore better than I agree. Wait, than Exile, but I think that it's Exile is a more powerful combination of their voices. Well, one of you guys didn't like Exile. I love. Exile. I don't love it. I, love I don't it. love it. Oh, okay. it's one of my favorites. For me, what Exile does better is I think the bridge of Exile is more of a peak. I feel like when you listen to Evermore, it almost feels like it switches to a new song when it comes to the Bon Iver part. But I have to say, Exile's lyrics, not great. Like it kind of just doesn't really lead you anywhere. It just sounds really nice. And Evermore definitely mm-hmm. has some great lyrics. I mm-hmm. like how they speed it up and slow it down. It's very Bon Iver of them. Mm hmm. That's it's very bone affair to do that. I have to say both those songs are very similar though. I think those between the I like two albums like. sound sound the most similar. Right. It seems like she just did different versions of the similar sound similar sounding songs for folklore evermore. I, I'm gonna be honest, I haven't listened to it that many times because it's new, but I that was it just stuck out to me and I wanted to put it on my list. I'm happy. I'm okay. happy that you, there is evermore representation here. You're welcome. Um, so we're going okay. with my number three. Um, Kate has already mentioned it, but my number three is Dear John. And so I don't I've, know this song. It's so great. 
Um, but I, so I have to say, I didn't know it until earlier in 2020. I'd never listened to it. And for some reason, one of my other like good friends that's really into Taylor Swift, he was talking about how he loves Dear John. And I was just saying, I, I didn't really know it. And so I listened to it one time. I was just driving and it has just like rocketed to the top of my list. I think it's just a great song and I don't need to keep just hammering away, but, um, it's my number three. Mm. Good job. Song, as I said. Um, my number three is oh gosh, Last Kiss. Ah. Uh, I just I did a last minute one. switch. That's why I panicked for a second. Um, Last Kiss by Taylor Swift. That's from her Speak Now album. It's her one of her other ballads, similar to Dear John. Um, I think this is like all this could be all too well level. People don't appreciate it enough. And oh my gosh, you just have to read the lyrics. Um, let's see. Um, okay, sorry. I'm re- I'm looking for the lyrics. Okay. It goes, oh my gosh, you just have to listen to it. It's, I don't know. All that I know is I don't know how to be something I miss. Never thought we'd have a, la- a last kiss. Never imagined we'd end like this. Your name forever, the name on my lips. Oh, it's so good. And the cadence of the, cor- not the chorus, the, um, what's it called? The bridge? No, not the bridge. The verses. The verses? The verses. <laughs> I oh, I think Last Kiss is great. I think the she really poured her heart into those ballads, ballads especially off of Speak Now. For me, it just is a little slow moving. That's the only thing. It is me. a little slow, but the bridge is very, very powerful. And she really, pour, you can hear the emotion in her voice. It's, I'll watch your life in pictures like I used to watch you sleep. I feel you forget me like I used to feel you breathe. Wow. I'll keep up with our old friends just to ask them how you are. Hope it's nice where you are. Oh my gosh. It's like all too well leveled. People don't appreciate it enough. I love that song. Everyone listen I'm, to I'm it. I'm really I'm happy that we have a last kiss stan in this in this group. Yes. That's me. I'll die on this hill, even though it's not even my number one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, number three. Is it number three? Yeah, number three. Number three is, um, well, my number three is All Too Well. Oh, oh. we're going there. <laughs> so I vaguely knew this song before I met these two. And then I was introduced to it even more. And I really think it's a pretty song. I'm going to save my feelings because it's coming up on my list, as I assume it is for Kate. But... Um, Yes, I really love it. And it's just beautiful great lyrics i think it's just a really pretty great lyrics beautiful beautiful lyrics, lyrics. <laughs> god great gals wonderful gals um <laughs> i think it creates really good imagery like i always can picture it really well in my head when i hear it and it's just got a really pretty tune yeah so there hasn't been a lot of pop stuff on this list which is totally fine maggie I recommend- and i are slow song stands yeah. But I got to say, my number two, I have an undisputed number two. I think every other place could really be moved. I think it would take a lot for these two to be unseated by something. My number two is style. I just think that's about Harry Harry style. style. Wait, it's actually about him? Yes. I didn't know until Cam told me like a few weeks ago. A lot of of 1989 is about Harry style. 1989 is all entirely all entirely about Harry Styles and how they committed vehicular manslaughter <laughs> together. Style is not about that. But um, I just think style is 
a perfect pop song. Like you just listen to it. It doesn't really mean too much. It's not like these heavy lyrics. It's really not about anything other than she thinks this guy is like has cool style and he's like kind of cool. But just like the bridge and the bridge isn't even like these crazy lyrical moments like everyone always pulls out. It's just her saying, take me home over and over again. Like it's so good to me. I think style is underappreciated. It's the best song off of 1989. It is her best upbeat song, in my opinion. I think it's so good. Wow. I could just go on and on about how much I love this song. And I didn't come, I always really liked it, but I didn't come back to it until during quarantine. I heard it and I was driving in the car at night and I was like, wow, this song is truly incredible. And so I love style. I love it. That song also has really great imagery and I love the way that it echoes, like her lyrics echo themselves. Like since I've even heard from you and this has heard from you and then he's taking off his coat, off his coat. I yeah. love that song. It's so good. I really actually think that's my favorite one off of 1989, which I don't love in general, the, the album, but we were talking the other day about how that so da, 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 that part is like sounds like a U2 song, which I really think is fun. And I like that about it. She it does pull like from like like State of Grace definitely sounds like a U2 song to me. Mm. I don't know if you know that one, Mackie. Or I could. I hear, yeah, I could picture that. That's very true. Um. OK, well, my number two. Is it my turn? Mm -hmm. Yes. My number two is all too well. <laughs> um, this has long been my number one since it came out when I was in middle school. Like this was my all-time favorite song. And then it started gaining a lot of favor. And everyone's like, this is the best written song of all time on TikTok. And let <laughs> me just say, I don't mean to be annoying about it, but I have loved this song since I was quite literally 13, 14 me too. years old. Okay, good. <laughs> this song is her one of her best written songs to date. I need to hear the 10-minute original extended version Ugh, of this. Give it to Ten us. 10 minutes. Yeah. It's just oh, the imagery in that song, like Maggie was saying, and you can just so clearly picture every situation she puts in it. You can put yourself in the shoot in the shoes. It feels just like a song that happened during like it feels like it, it all happened during the autumn during fall yes and it's just such a beautiful song so powerful you can feel the painter voice and it's also really interesting to go and watch her perform it over time and how much her voice has matured and how well it fits her voice now today and it's still just so it's so beautiful i love that song that song is just the best and everyone hates J jake gyllenhaal for it which is great even though he is an amazing actor i just Ugh. it's just it's it tears him it doesn't tear him apart the way that it does in dear john that it tears john apart in dear john but it's just i don't it's so powerful and she, you can tell how hurt she is and uh it's just the perfect song the metaphors are great in that song and the yes. scarf that comes back like she starts with the scarf yes. the, end with the scarf so good you call me up again just to break me like a promise oh she does a great th turn of phrase to um yes with, like we're talking about how she changes like one word when she's saying yeah. um you remember it all down the stairs you were there like that whole part great yeah and then she goes running scared yes yeah instead of down the stairs oh my gosh it's so good <laughs> we all and then recently love. jake gyllenhaal posted a picture of him a childhood picture of him wearing his glasses and it's like the same picture that she refers to in it and 
all of the Swifties just bombarded his comment section yes. on Instagram saying, give Taylor her scarf back <laughs> or just quoting the lyric of uh, you were like a kid with glasses or whatever the lyric is. It's so funny. He just can't escape it <laughs> as he shouldn't be able to. Maggie, number two. My number two is mine. Great song. Elevator, but oh wait, that's or. Oh, I know or. I don't know that one. <laughs> I don't know the or. Mine, mine, mine. I really liked this one when it was on the radio. I was just I, I think I was like not really into Taylor Swift at that point, and it just is like a fun one. I I like the lyrics of it too. Like what what is it? You were um, a flat risk with the fear of falling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You made I a like rebel of a careless man's yeah, careful that's daughter. The line, that's the line that I loved. You made a And I also think the, um, and I remember that fight. Is that that song? Yeah. Yes. Great music video, I too. Love, yes. With the pictures hanging. In the forest. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I love the pause. And I remember that fight, 2.30 a.m. Because everything was slipping right on him. Very oh, literal so song. Like the music video actually is exactly what that song yeah, is. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was I was thinking about it and I thought it was all in my head, but maybe I just did watch the music video. I was like, I picture it so vis- vividly, but I think I gotta I, <laughs> the imagery. I gotta watch that music video again. Yeah, that is my number two. It's just a classic. Mm, classic old time old school Taylor too, with her curly curly hair yeah. and her little summer dresses <laughs> and her tan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hate, uh, I hate to be anticlimactic with my number one. Oh, I'm sorry. We ruined it for you, didn't we? It's okay. I can still vamp a little bit. A little vamping. A little Um, vamp for us. My my number one is all too well. And I'm not going to talk about as much like the song, just like more what it means to me. And I think I've been through some tough places in our life or in my life, like everyone has. In our lives. In our lives. In our life. Um, and I think that I have turned to this song more than any other. And I think Maggie can attest to like literally hearing me listen to it as I fall asleep sometimes. Like this is such an important song to my life. And I just think what I love most about Taylor Swift and what I connect with most is that she creates songs with scenarios that I think most people can relate to. And you can find solace in these songs or guidance. And I just think that I feel seen by this song. And a lot of the feelings that I felt in my life are represented by the lyrics in this song and just how Taylor sings it. And I do think like it is a basic opinion to have all too well as your favorite, but I'm glad that a lot of people love this song because it means so much to me. And I hope if it can mean so much to me, it can mean a lot to other people. Mm -hmm. I blasted that song literally every single day for two years after my breakup every day it was my number one song two years in a row two or three years in a row um okay so my number one is drumroll cardigan wow (laughs) (laughs) and that's a callback to episode one and this is actually episode two (laughs) so not quite a far away callback okay so this is my all-time favorite taylor swift song i think it is so well written and it's so powerful and it ties together oh i just realized that i have two of the three love triangle songs on my top five man sorry betty um so i just love 
the cadence of it. I love the lyrics. Um, it's so emotional to me. I literally cried while driving down the highway listening to this song at one point this <laughs> summer. Um, I love the long pond version of it. But We're going to commit pref- vehicular manslaughter if you keep doing that. I know. I'm going to pull it out of the woods. <laughs> um, but I do prefer the studio version, like the original one. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm trying to find it. Let's see. Let's see. The bridge is so powerful. Of course, Taylor's queen of bridges. To kiss in cars and downtown bars was all we need. You drew stars around my scars. Now I'm bleeding. It's so powerful. And then we talked about this in the first episode, but stepping on the last train marked me like a blood stain. Tried to change it ending. Peter losing Wendy. And then leaving like a father, running like water. Oh, my gosh. Like, all of the verses are just so rich with imagery and metaphors. And it's just such a beautiful song and so relatable. It's her best song of all time. And I listen to it every day. And I probably will for the rest of my life. It's a great song. It just simply is... I I don't think that back to like making it a little bit culturally relevant it is nominated for record and song maybe not record of the year but definitely song of the year at the Grammys mm-hmm. um whether while I don't know if it should win I think it is the best written song of the year lyrically I I will riot I don't necessarily care if cardigan wins i will riot if watermelon sugar or yummy beats cardigan oh that would only be in the pop categories because they were nominated oh, really? yummy wins anything ones. but damn we're rioting we're having a whole podcast dedicated to why yummy shouldn't have won if it wins anything and it's going to be an hour of us repeating the lyrics you got that yummy yummy <laughs> just to show you guys how stupid you all are for letting that song win at the recording academy yeah okay maggie number one i know what you're gonna do i know it okay um i think most swifties will agree with me when i say (laughs) that her best song of all time is from the album fearless (laughs) forever and always (laughs) that is my favorite taylor swift song i don't care what anyone says and so I was just listening to it and looking through the lyrics. I think I love this one so much because she's being like all she's. I think this is one of her angriest songs. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of her she's angriest. Like, she's like just giving it to this guy, whoever it is. And do you not know who it Joe is? Jonas. It's Joe Jonas. Oh, <laughs> whoa! Because he broke up with her over the phone oh, in a twenty-three second phone yes, call. Yes, Joe Jonas. Did you know that this the and reason it's so raw? The reason it's so oh. raw is because it was the last minute addition oh. to the Fearless album. Oh my god, this is making it better. It was the cutoff, and she went in and recorded it because she was so pissed at oh, Joe. That's fun. She had it out for Joe and Jake not Camilla Cabello, but Camilla. And John What's her name? Oh, They're better Camilla, than the friend, one that looked that like Joe's did. twin that he dated. <laughs> yes he had it out for them she was pissed about their relationship and but anyways i love the song All i think right, i on. loved it so much because i loved like i loved like rock things and this was like a poppy rock she was trying to like bring in a little bit of rock to this i guess definitely um yeah. and i loved that i think just how fast the lyrics are like um uh, were you just kidding? Cousins? Are you just kidding? This thing yeah. is breaking down. We almost never speak. I don't feel welcome anymore, baby. I what happened? Like it's all like really, really quick, and I love that. 
Careful, Maggie. We're gonna get copyrighted. <laughs> I love you guys that. Sound just like her. And I think it's really good, and I just love it. And and I, I kind of it re- rains in your bedroom. Oh yes, yes. And I kind of like how the um. What? It rains in your bedroom and everything. There's like sections. The what I really like is this, oh, that there's right. like kind of sections to the chorus. There's like two choruses, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I and I just remembered like a year or two ago that I really liked that song and I've been listening to it and it's really good. And that is my favorite. Maggie, do you have you listened to the Fearless Extended no. Edition? No. Oh, not. I love some of the songs. I yeah, love well, the other side of the up to me. There's an acoustic version oh, of Forever and Always I'll on there. Uh, Cam brought up one of good. the songs from the um, deluxe version or whatever, and he's and I'm like, mm-hmm. that is not on Fearless. <laughs> I had Fearless. Would you been singing beautiful as in the yeah, conversation don't know with the little So good. Oh, those are good Taylor songs. No, no deep way. cuts. But anyways, that's my favorite, and it always will be. Yay, we did and it. We did it. Yay, we did it. I did it. I know. Of water. Oh. <laughs> um, I have to say, you know, two out of two podcasts we've mentioned Taylor Swift. I can't say it'll be the ratio will say that high, but she will stay a topic of culture. And she's number one in my heart. I'm sorry to all the um anti Swifties who we have lost as fans of our podcast at this point. Well, please try to join us again next week where we don't mention Taylor Swift. Probably well, we even probably it, do. I don't even know if we went mention her more than for more than um a half a of the podcast. I think I told myself I wasn't gonna mention her in next week's episode and then I accidentally did and then I didn't again. I went, Oh, I wasn't supposed to bring her up. I'm so sorry. Well, next week just join us for a fun Christmas special. Slash Hanukkah. Well, yeah, I guess. Hanukkah will be over at that Chris point. McCaw. I was really trying to get it out, but, you know, Taylor Swift really ruined my plan. Chris McCaw, has anyone seen the OC? Festivus for the rest of us. No. no I've seen oh. Seinfeld. Festivus for the rest of us. Well, thanks for, you know, Maggie, thank you very much for listening to us talk about Taylor you know, Swift for I over an hour. You know, I love to expand my horizons. I can't say I um could really contribute as much as you guys, but uh, I... We'll have to Happy we'll have to pay you back, and you'll have to pay me back with something that I really like. Radiohead episode. No, <laughs> I'll listen to the new Fleet Foxes episode. I mean, episode album for you. Um, I'll have to I'll have to conjure up something good. Follow us on Instagram at Culture Countdown and on Twitter at Give Me Culture. Please follow us on Twitter, guys. We only have the three followers, and it's me, Kate, and Mac. Uh, and yeah, maybe tomorrow it'll be four. Me, Kate. Me, Kate. I am Kate. Kate, Maggie, Cam, and Taylor Swift. After she hears this episode. Taylor! We love you, Taylor. Thank you for listening. Thanks. See you guys next week.